This episode of the PC Perspective Podcast is brought to you by Casper, an online retailer of premium mattresses for a fraction of the price, because everyone deserves a great night's sleep. Get $50 off any mattress purchase by visiting casper.com slash PCPer and enter code PCPer. And by Lenovo. See more at Lenovo.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the PC Perspective Podcast. This is episode 394 being recorded on April 6th, 2016. I'm Ryan Trout. I'm Jeremy Holstrom. I'm Josh Walrath. And I'm Alan Mamontano. Ken could have totally put the wrong date in the uh, show notes doc and I would have read it. So there's that. Totally. What makes that different from normal? Well, sometimes I make the show notes and put the date in. Right? So then I would know I'd do it correctly. I'm just not saying you do it wrong on per- on on accident. I'm saying you do it wrong. So on you're purpose. saying you should have put April sixth. Uh, I'm pretty sure I would have just looked at the number. I would have figured it out. I would figured out. I couldn't forget today's date. Uh, oh, that's right. Uh, because uh, tomorrow is the release of the new Star Wars trailer for uh, the, the uh, teaser Rogue One. No, the teaser, uh, teaser. teaser trailer for the trailer trailer. But it's a teaser. Yeah. It's a teaser trailer a for trailer a teaser for trailer. The trailer. Even worse, it's a teaser for the teaser. Okay. No, um, no. Today was the teaser for the, t- the teaser. But tomorrow is a teaser for the trailer. It's a the teaser, teaser trailer. Sure. trailer. Yeah. It's a trailer with even less stuff than a normal trailer. So it's a teaser. But the trailer. chalice from the palace is the brew that is true. Right. Right. It's uh, uh, also it's Ken's birthday or something. Something. So <coughs> there's that. Good. I'm celebrating. Don't get all choked up on my behalf. I'm really sad. Uh, he's becoming a man, something, 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 being 19 years old, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and we had this Lucky Buddha beer today. You said you've never had this, have you, Josh? I, you know, I, I had the nope. chance to have one the other day, but I passed on it because I hadn't, hadn't ever heard anything about it. Just taste the like beer. It's all right. I mean, it's, like, it's a Chinese beer, right? Yeah. Like, they have a very specific style and flavor and taste of beer. Is uh, it rice? Uh, I don't know the answer to that. I don't it taste so. more like uh, it didn't taste, it like, didn't taste uh, like rice beer. No, eating. Uh, it doesn't taste like Sapporo, I didn't think. No. Uh, but it's got a Buddha on the bottle. It's probably not coming out in the video very well. It is probably not. Buddha. But it's uh, it's it's lucky Buddha beer. But it's a non-religious yeah. Buddha. The bottle is a Buddha. Right. Right. Uh, it will be the what mascot. About? That's holy water. It will now. Here, I can do this. I can pour the water into it. Now then it'll just taste like beer water. have some skunky water. Yeah. Yep. 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 The, uh, water. <laughs> at the this will be the mascot at the new Church of PC Perspective Tology <laughs> uh, when that gets founded later in the year. Science Tology, so. Science Tology, no PC Perspectology. We can get Tom Cruise Something to come like and laugh hysterically. Yeah, anything it takes to get whatever brings in page views, guys, is what we're doing. Yeah. So obviously, you you want to make a lot of money, right? So start a church. Yeah. yeah. Oh, even though yeah. even though the building is a church that failed yeah. and is being foreclosed on. That sounds like the perfect place to open a church. That makes it the second coming. True, yeah, exactly. Um, so welcome to the show, everybody. We do record on Wednesday nights, 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific at pcper.com slash live. Uh, if you want to join our mailing list, which is now up over 12,000 people strong. Over 12,000? Over 12,000. You can go to pcper.com slash subscribe. You get this little form here. Oh, wait. Do we not? That's nope. not it. Nope. Nope. How about that one? Uh-oh. Uh, anyway, you get a one. form that asks for your name. There you go. There you go. We're on top. <laughs> it's his birthday, guys. Give him a break. Yeah. It's fine. I see you in the chat getting ready to type in your nasty messages. 
in, in reality, Sebastian is nothing more than a web page anyway. Right? <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Uh, PCPro.com okay. slash subscribe. Fill out your name and your email address. And uh, we'll send you an email when we're about to do a live stream. Usually an hour or two hours ahead of time. And if it's a special event, uh, we'll do it. We'll send it out a day ahead. So uh, you'll always be in the know of the cool, awesomeness things that we're doing. Like we did our HTC Vive and our Oculus Rift live streams. And you probably missed those because you're a poo-poo head. Um, speaking of being a poo-poo head, if you're not contributing to our Patreon at patreon.com slash PCPer. Is this where I pass around the plate? Maybe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> This, this is, is so as part of the Church of PC Person PC Person. We're doing Pers- a new outreach. This is the easy. Josh. This is the early adopters. You'll get a Godfather clause if you go for this. <laughs> I gotta add a new uh, uh, goal as well as a new perk <laughs> about like maybe we'll hand out. No, see, I can't do like a crucifix no. with like a PC no. Per logo. No, no you can't no. do that. But, What's our communion wafer? Uh, it's oh. like I can just take a piece out of the wafer. It's like a thin man. Obviously, you know what? Obviously, here the... I've got what you can do. Okay, indulgences. What? Uh, Sell indulgences so that they're allowed to buy com- expensive computer hardware. Sure, I that see. That you can go to PC Heaven. I see. Okay. If you buy it through right. our sponsorship link at Amazon. <laughs> uh, so uh, we do have a Patreon campaign, guys. This is uh, to get direct support from viewers, listeners, readers, however you're consuming us, if you will. Uh, Patreon.com slash PCPer. It's pretty cool, guys. It's basically like a monthly recurring thing. You can donate as little as a dollar, as much as a thousand million dollars. Uh, a thousand million? A thousand million dollars. Wow. Yep. That's all. Which is like, it's like a billion. It's like a trillion. A thousand million? Depends on which side of the sea you're on. No, that's a, that's a billion. Yeah, that's a billion. A billion dollars a month would be fine. We could do a really nice Wait, church. Wait, no, a thousand million is higher than a billion. Is it? Is it? No, yeah. not in the U.S. They do a thousand million or a hundred thousand. Oh, no, it's a billion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Add three zeros, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's math. It's hard. Sorry. Um, but, see, if you want us to be educated, you should go to patreon.com slash pcper. Yeah. We have some we have some cool things. Uh, you can get uh, uh, access to, like, we do a post-show Every uh, podcast, it's you know, it could be ten minutes, could be twenty minutes, could be an hour and a half. If Alan is the only one doing it, <laughs> that's apparently. true. Um, and we do post it on YouTube as an unlisted thing that we only send out to anybody who is contributing three dollars or more per month to our Patreon. So, uh, if you listen to the show, you list, uh, watch the show, but you want to see like the pre-show or post-show stuff that we do, um, that's 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 a way to get that as well. And obviously, you just can't get enough Josh. If you just can't get enough Josh, there's always more oh, Josh you can get had. more than enough Josh. And we, and we greatly support it. Uh, and if anybody uh, adds or or contributes to the thing, I'll get a notification on my phone and I'll say your name out loud. So you can put whatever dumb name you want in the field, and I will be forced to read it out loud. That's for those of you who are watching live. Obviously, if you're watching after the fact and you didn't know you're listening to it, I will not be able to read your name out in real time. Well, no, you'll read it out. Just no one will hear it. I'll read it out loud while I'm sitting in my kitchen at home or something like that, uh, and my wife will go, "What?" And then we'll move on from there. You gonna take care of that? Yeah, I got it. It's important? Yeah. All right. Uh, So let's talk about real quick before you get into the meat of the episode, because there's a lot of stuff to talk about. Uh, I do want to mention and point everybody to Maury's follow-up article on the Thermaltake Core X9 EATX cube chassis. That is this enormous beast of a machine here. I, I still look at this picture and it doesn't look like a big case. Until you realize that those are five and a quarter pays. Right. Since we last yeah. talked about this case, I've seen one in person. 
I'm pretty sure I can live inside of it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then also get my that's like a full size GeForce GTX 980 Ti or Titan X or whatever that is in that window there. Yeah, it's only taken like you yeah. know not even halfway across. So thing. here's here's that summary. Let's see what he. Let's look at a, a couple of things to see. Oh, he was mounting his rads and all that in there this time. So if you want to see, <laughs> how, his radiators, Josh. <clears throat> radiators. Yeah. Well, uh, the thing is that we learned that Maury needs bigger rads. They're not filling up the space really well enough. No, it's not fulfilling on well, the thermal take chassis. The third five and a quarter bay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> even if you just put like uh, like a fi- a six x CDX burner, you should know, put CD that burner. fan controller he reviewed in there. Yeah, that's true. You can do that too. He needs to put a Kenwood Truex. So I mean, yeah. <laughs> in there. That's uh, one of those. What's that? What's that monitoring thing from the, the OC bot? Yeah, OC bot there in one of the quarter inch bays. Uh, and there it is from the side view. Look at all that empty space. Yeah. <laughs> he put so yeah. much stuff in there. Um, so Maury walks through his build, his installation process with all the radiators, um, and he only has you one could power like, supply. Turn that into a small library for a <laughs> wait. What's Wyoming that's, community? What's that second add-in card? Uh, SLI. Right. No, I think that's just a. We're talking about this thing right here next blank. to the video cards. It's got blue protectors on it. It looks like it has a DVI port on it. Yeah, and there's like an yeah. HDMI thing at the and bottom. And a missing VGA a port. Yeah, that's, that's got to be a blank. Let's, I don't know. If only we could ask him. If only somebody knew Oh, him, it's probably a low-profile card, and he didn't bother attaching the uh, last connector to it. Why? But why? Why <laughs> would he have a low-profile card? He was, See that right there? He just wanted to yeah, fill the slots, man. That, that's something. What, is that that's a sound a, card? That's a Sing Labs ET6000. <laughs> but that's got is that a capture card? It, is Could it be. a TV tuner? I don't know. Like, it's got HDMI on it. Yeah, Does it doesn't it? have a coax in. That's HDMI on the bottom yeah. most one. DVI. Yeah. What? Somebody should ask that guy. PCI. Yeah. He's got all kinds of crap More, in there. What the hell what is, is it? Doing? He has dual 970s, a 750Ti for physics, and a PCIe pass-through TV capture card. I mean, if you got space, I guess just put crap in there. <laughs> exactly. Right? <You> know? <laughs> all right, go Mori. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. Oh, look here. We get a better view. And does that help anybody? It's a capture card. He just uh, he said. Yep. Oh, he's. Ta- oh, you're reading in the chat. I'm not reading in the chat. Okay. It's two nine seventy, so seven fifty Ti, and a capture card. Oh, oh, okay. I thought you were just guessing. No, no. Nope. Good guess though. That'd be an awesome guess. Uh, so yeah, the lots of pictures here, lots of cool kind of dissection of, of what this process is like. Um, and uh, I would, I mean, if you're just looking for something to look at, this is this is this is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so check that out. Or live in. Or if you're looking for something to live in, I'm looking for. Well. I'm looking to move places. Like, I think that's about the square footage I can afford. You take the, my you wife take, would like to house more small children. You take the two VR base stations. You put them in either corner of the case. Right. And you. I think you well, could do a whole Josh, room. They're cheaper yeah, than a crib. Whole room you VR in there. Room scale VR in that case. I think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's what that's what Valve and HTC should sell yes. is a box, is an enclosure. It's a, it's a room. Like that's like, look, <laughs> oh, just put this somewhere and go. I've got the I've got a great the, business the steam idea. room. You know, Uh-oh. like those pods. Oh yeah, there you go. Like just a pop, ha- like ha- portable on demand VR. Just like ready to go. Drop off in your driveway, and there you go. VR. Yep. That's the next million dollar idea. It's the uh-huh. next twelve dollars and fifty it's, cent idea. You could even come have, on. Like, you get put a little insulation in there. <laughs> you attach it to your back door. Yeah. You can lock yourself out. It'll <laughs> be cool I had, in the summer, warm in the winter. All right, so we're going to talk about VR for a little bit. We're going to talk about uh, our first attempts at measuring VR performance. And I had this I had this thought process uh, yesterday or the day before. It was at night. Kelly was uh, out babysitting some other people. I was home with Emmeline by myself. And she was asleep um, 
on her boppy pillow. And I was like, it was Warlord. I was watching dumb TV, basketball or something that was on. And I was like, so no. did you jump on the boppy pillow and launch her into orbit? <laughs> no. Yeah. no, she was sleeping. I, I prefer when she sleeps at night as opposed to being awake. So I wanted to leave there. But I was like, uh, I could go play some VR stuff. Yeah. And then I thought, you know, that's not a great idea. If Without you, the headphones. If you're home by yourself... With this, like a kid, if you're a single parent at home with a baby or a child, yeah, that's a really bad way to parent. It's fairly irresponsible. You need, you yeah, need you no should headphones. just smoke some dope instead. <laughs> but no, come on, Ryan, you had two headsets. <laughs> Hook her up with one, yeah, you with the one, other. That's, yeah, that's put one on the kid. Yeah, have her wake up and be like, "I should do that when if it's if it's light outside and I want to put her to sleep." No, no, no. Put a VR headset on it that looks like you it's put a, You put a green screen behind her and set a camera up on her, and you code the game so that if you look in the back corner, there's your kid. Right? And, uh, like, Go check on her. Our buddy Andrew uh, had a better idea. It was just like, it's just you just need to like uh, pit the 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 monitor audio into your headphones somehow, whether oh. it be Bluetooth or yeah, you know, a mixer. Connection. And, like, I have a video monitor, right? So there should be a way for, like, maybe uh, instead of using the front-facing camera of the Vive, it actually, if I double-click it, it shows me the baby's picture. <laughs> no, you yeah. just turn on the front-facing picture of the Vive and then look at the baby monitor. Oh, uh, yeah, you could do that. <laughs> like, no, and, everything's and all fine. all you see are a bunch of dingo. <laughs> <laughs> maybe the dingo ate you. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, checked it too that. late. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, and your audio stuttered a little. <laughs> Tape a controller to her and she'll be tracked in game. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Controllers on the kid's back, and so there's actually a baby crawling hey, around. In my the hand game. is leaving. We need like, to make like an IR collector baby vest. Yes. Yeah. 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 So you see the kid crawling around your feet, so that way you can't trip over the kid when you're doing your whole room VR. That's good. Man, we've got all the business. Well, we got to do that tonight. for the dogs too, because I did have that issue with the three dogs. When I was doing <laughs> VR, woman like, you know, I'd be standing there doing something, and a dog would just kind of like sit in front of me, like, "Hey, what's going on?" And then I would take a step forward, and I would, I would kick the dog. And they're like, oh, man. It's like, oh, oh. dummy. Can't you see I'm wearing this VR? VR. I can't, I can't see, you. see you. Making owners kick dogs everywhere. Uh, quick thank you and shout-out goes to Robert Doyle and Rich Tyndall, who uh, just updated their pledges. Awesome. On uh, Patreon. Thank you, guys. Uh, so let's get into it. This is um, So I'm not going to talk about this a whole lot. I'm going to kind of brief through this because... We have two long videos on it. Yeah, we have, well, we have one long video on this. Uh, on the other stuff. We didn't take a video. We didn't do a video stuff. of the Lighthouse stuff. Oh, yeah, there wasn't a video of the Lighthouse uh, So we have one video that discusses VR performance on our YouTube channel, or if you go into this article, uh, the video is embedded there. And it's fairly long. It's like 25 minutes, something like that. And we go into a significant depth on the how, the what, and the why of it. But the, the basic premise is... Um, now that we have both these VR headsets, we're starting down the path of benchmarking them and trying to figure out how to benchmark and compare, you know, how would you compare graphics cards on the HTC Vive? How would you compare uh, CPUs in the HTC Vive? All those types of things. Yep. Um, and it's way, way more complicated because none of the existing tool set that exists, none of the existing tool set that exists, as I just said, uh, works in the way we want it to. Yep. Right? So... Um, even uh, older, what I would consider kind of slightly outdated tools like Fraps, even though it has lots of interesting use cases, uh, and PresentMon, which is a newer kind of updated version of something like that that works at DX12 and, and, and stuff like that that we're still experimenting with, yep. um, 
it doesn't see a lot of the picture that we're looking at. And the reason is, is because the game is no longer sending calls to DirectX. DirectX talks to the driver, the driver talks to the display, and boom, you're done. Mm-hmm. Right? There's, there's now a, an arbiter in between it where the game engine actually submits a frame to the VR SDK, whether it be Oculus or, or OpenVR for, for SteamVR. And then that SDK, that API, is responsible for submitting the DX calls where appropriate and sending output to the display. Now, also kind of complicating this is the fact when you hook up a Vive or a Rift to your computer, it does not show up as a display. Yeah. Right? Um, it, it, it's a direct input device that you really basically have kind of no input into. And as far as I can tell from talking with both NVIDIA and AMD and Intel at this point, they don't have a way to kind of intercept any of that stuff, right? They're very much a servant of the SDK and the API from Oculus and SteamVR as well. Yep. Um, just, just like it through, the game is and, and DirectX is to some degree, right? Yep. Uh, the, the SDK has a has final say. Now, a lot of that could change in the summer when we get more Windows updates, but this is what we have to work with. So does, it, does the game use DirectX first and come up with the frame and then pass it to the... I don't think so. I think basically instead of doing a present... Like, basically, it gathers all the data that it would normally gather. Instead of doing a present, which yeah. is basically a DXGI call, it says, submit frame to Oculus. So it, probably the same so data So it literally set. passes all the stuff like draw a polygon here, a polygon there. Like, yeah. all that goes yeah. through. Huh. You know, it's uh, how is CPU usage with this? Because uh, it's obviously going to be doing a whole heck of a lot more work, as well as probably would it be sending I, I think- frames to main memory? Well, no, I, I mean, I think the the VR it part passing, of it, it's passing through a yeah, lot of it's it. It's basically just passing a lot of it through, but it's adding other stuff like the overlay of the environment and like right. the other, you know, stuff or whether or not you want to time warp a frame mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff. So but it like, basically, it basically, my guess is that it's kind of, it's the intercept of the of all the DX stuff. It passes it off to DirectX, yeah, right, and then uh, it gathers the result from DirectX and would output it to the screen on its own, right? And so I, I think that it's going to add some CPU overhead, especially since it's doing compositing. Yeah. Um, but in theory, it shouldn't be a whole lot until you get into the very complex stuff about warp and 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 you know, it's it's kind of updating its own internal timers, right? The game engine, yeah, but uh, it's, it's still being sent out through the HDMI port, right? On a video card, yes. Yeah, and so is there... There's a copy involved in that. Yep. Okay, is, is, is there a chip and, and local memory involved with the actual Oculus itself where it controls some of that, or is it all... Mm-mm. It no, goes directly... Software driver yeah, straight, magic. Straight yeah. from the video so card. So when you, when you look in the NVIDIA driver, when, when you look through the NVIDIA driver details, it sees the Vive or the Rift as a direct input device, Right. So the, the, the GPU and graphics card are aware of it. Um, and I, my guess is that it still has, like, a, a, a memory location buffer that it's writing to, um, but it kind of has the final say on when it gets output to it, right, as opposed to the, the GPU doing the flip yeah. itself. Or maybe it's just a coordination between the driver and the SDK um, to, like, agree upon, look, you just do it when we tell you to do it, no monkey business about uh, uh, adding in extra frames or added delay or anything like that. That device that you see may very well be, like it says, the input. It might be just the way that the the VR software is getting, like, position changes and stuff, not necessarily what the video is going out to. No, it's, I mean, because that would come in through the USB, right? (laughs) Like... 
your position changes. Yeah. There's yeah, no yeah, video processing being, process, processing being done in the headset. It is HDMI to a chip that splits the HDMI to two MSI right. or so, DSI displays. Um, yeah. But then how does it do the time warp when you turn? It resends the frame. Yeah. It resends the frame. Interesting. Yeah. Yep. Mm. Resends the frame warped. Yeah. And to reflect the position change. I, no, I think it resends the frame in... So the GPU is doing the warping. Yeah. 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 Yep. So it's... Are you sure? Yes. Yeah. Okay, fine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah this, this, of this it one I to. am, yes. Um, so because of all that complication, obviously, I mean, to be fair, we're still trying to figure out and finalize and, and get final answers from everybody. And the two, two SDKs, APIs, work a little bit differently as well. Um, so because of that, we can't just get an easy data. And we can't use our frame rating, kind of capture-based, FCAT-style uh, performance testing because we can't capture the output that goes to the headset yet. And we don't have an overlay for it, even if we could. Mm-hmm. And the overlay would be really complicated because it's, like, it's not a straight-edge bound. And there's, there's all kinds of things that would, that would go on. It, it's all solvable. It's just we're not at that point yet. Um, <clears throat> so what we do is uh, in this kind of iteration of what we think we're going to do is we're going to combine two sets of data. One is the present mon data, which is a present call, which is actually a present call going from the SDK to your companion monitor, your your computer monitor, yes. not your headset. The the little window that it puts on your desktop that shows you shows other people what you're doing in right. the game, basically. Oh boy, that's that's trouble. Yep. So that yep. changes yep. based on the game. That changes like people can adjust that. So it's not a a some, a, some uh, games. Some games will get really close to doing kind of the same thing. Yep. Um, so what some games when adjust you turn on your the monitors fly. off and their kids around. Yep. Uh, the so, monitor is off. Yeah. Well, it's still display. <laughs> oh well. Um, uh, we'll still measure it. Yeah. So, some <laughs> games. Some games will like, privacy screen. Josh, privacy screen. <laughs> some games might drop frames there first. Like if it's getting too busy, yeah. Just random, you know. Like uh, another big thing is the display. You have to have a display if you want the closest to optimal. You have to have a display that will go ninety hertz, not sixty, not one twenty. Yeah, it not has 60, to be able to be set at ninety. It, we yeah. tried one twenty. It was actually a worse. Yep. Um, you know, because basically it was out of sync. Some games right. will even let you move that camera for that view. Right. Like yeah. so, physical so VR space. It won't work with every game, camera. and it may not work with a lot of games, yep. um, but, but we're still kind of messing around with it. The other p- data point that we're taking is from, it's only available to us in Steam VR, and it looks like this. <laughs> this is a horrible amount of data. Uh, this is uh, part <laughs> of the Steam VR frame timing uh, output that you can get when like you start getting into the de- uh, developer options and stuff. And you get all kinds of information, uh, a lot of which I honestly don't understand quite yet, um, completely. Right, like get po- like the idea of poses, where it's waiting for getting to get poses when a new pose is ready. That's essentially the tracking of your headset and your controllers. Um, there's negative time at the bottom, and that is because this is happening like the previous frame. So you're getting the right? poses a frame. You're before, getting the frames. Yeah, you're, you're getting the them ahead frame. of time, so you can hand to the game engine. So the game engine can do whatever the crap it's going to do, and then yep. goes from there. But the 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 data we are taking from it that I think is most relevant for our particular use case in terms of graphics card testing, mm-hmm. is total GPU. It's this teal line kind of at the top that you, that's really hard to see. Uh, and with total GPU and then correlated uh, presentmon times, 
from the companion monitor that we check and validate match the experience of what we're seeing in the head-mounted display, we can come up with interesting data. Um, so we're using a game called The Gallery, Episode 1, Call of the Star Seed. It's a very complex name, uh, but when asked some people who have a lot of experience with VR games, what is the most uh, kind of graphically intense title that they've seen so far, this is the one. And the developers were awesome. They helped answer a bunch of questions for us. Um, and I do want to point out that every developer I've talked to has said that the viewport, the companion monitor, is a bad way to measure performance. Yep. Right? So if you are only looking at PresentMon data, if you are only looking at Fraps data in VR testing... You're doing it wrong. You're doing it wrong, right? And if you're not, even if you're not at the very least correlating those performance differences with something that is happening in your headset, yeah. then... Uh, the numbers you're talking about just are, are meaningless, right? So let me look, I'll show a couple of these graphs real quick. Uh, well, what but then, was the name then of that game? The, the one I just talked about? The, the gallery. gallery. The gallery, and then there's a bunch of words. Something, of something it, Starseed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so this is a result of HTC Vive running on the GTX 970 um, on our $900 system build. And the orange line here is PresentMon. That's our Fraps kind of game time that's being sent to the monitor, not to the headset. Right? And there's a lot of jitter in it. There's kind of a lot of variability um, that's kind of uh, a trait of having V-Sync back pressure being put on a game engine. Um, and then the blue line is total GPU render time. And the total GPU render time in this case hovers around 6, 7, 7.5 milliseconds. And the uh, uh, presentmon time, although a lot of variance, is obviously standardized at 11.1 milliseconds, which is 90 frames per second. Yep. The end result here that we verified in our headset is that the image is smooth. Mm-hmm. Uh, the animation is smooth, and we can kind of correlate that to because the GPU render time is well below the 11 millisecond cutoff that it needs to have. Uh, whoops! That it needs to have in order to maintain uh, good performance of the headset. Now, if we use the same system and we go against the developer's wishes again and turn it from a low preset to a high preset, we get this graph. Now things look very different. Yep. If you uh, the, there's two scenarios we're looking at. We're looking at a fire, a campfire in the game, which is very GPU intense, mm-hmm. and then we're looking up at the sky, which is not. So if you look at the orange line, remember these are frame time, so lower is better. Uh, that first section here is us looking at the fire. It's 22.2 milliseconds, and then when we look to the sky, it settles down at 11.1. We look up at the fire again, it slows down, and look up at the sky again, and it goes back down to 11.1 milliseconds. And, and what's interesting there is that the GPU is actually not too far past the threshold. Like, it's not going yes. too slowly, but it's just slowly enough. Right. So, and right. if you look at the GPU render time, that blue line, in the parts where we're uh, running at 45 frames per second instead yeah. of 90, yeah. the, the GPU frame time is above 10, maybe between 10. It's between it's 10 like, and 11. It's missing maybe it by like 11. a millisecond. But you've got to yeah. remember, a lot more has to be done than just the GPU render time. Yep. There's CPU stuff, there's compositing, there's other things that have to be accomplished in that 11.1 millisecond window. Yep. So essentially, what happens here is the GPU render took too long, it pushes the whole thing out of the 11.1 millisecond window, so we get back into 22.2 because it's the next V-Sync step down. Yep. And obviously they're not going to do tearing on a head-mounted display. Uh, And that's the result, right? Um, And then the last one I'll talk about here is that if we take the high preset and look at it on a 980 Ti, right, where we have a lot more compute power, um, notice that we still have this blue line goes up and down based on if we're looking at the fire or the sky. Yeah, we're standing in the same same scene, same spot. but it never gets up above, you know, never really gets near the 10 millisecond mark for the total GPU render time. As a result, the game present time stays pretty static at, you know, 11.1 milliseconds. We're able to hit that. Did you feel any of those spikes? Uh, no. 
So they were just momentary, didn't even register. Yeah, that yet. was just like. Oh, you're talking about the orange uh, lines there? Yeah. No, you don't. You don't feel that. That's something so, with how we're measuring it. That's yeah. Not, remember, this is okay. what's going to the monitor, not to the yeah. head-mounted display. So, yeah. um, what we're more kind of looking at with the orange line is where is it standardized at? Where is it kind of? Yeah. Where is it? Yeah. Trending. At? And another thing that's important to note is that when, if you go back up to the uh, one where the, it's actually slowing down, mm-hmm. right? That's only what's showing on the monitor that slows down. In other words, your headset, what you see through the headset, if you're moving your head around, uh, that still stays smooth at 90. It's the scene changing. It's like you're, not, stuff, you're not explaining this well. No, we, it's the stuff in the scene. <laughs> I know, well, it's I hard know. to explain. It's hard to explain. Like the, the system will always keep you turning your head a fluid thing, even if the game engine is having a hard time doing animating the stuff so, in the scene. So what Alan's talking about is... A phenomenon that we saw in there where we were looking at the game at 45 frames per second. If we moved our hand or we yep. saw some animation in the game, it looked like it was running at 45 frames per second. Yes. But when we turned our head, it did not feel like it was running at 45 frames per second. Correct. It was running at 90. Yeah, that stays smooth. And the reason is because we talked about that in-between step that Oculus has, Josh. It is able to do a time warp on the frame. Um, where if you're, if it's compensating for head motion, mm-hmm. right? So it shifts the 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 rendered image, the already rendered image, uh, a little bit to the left, a little, little bit to the right, or up or down, whatever direction you're you're turning, right? With a warp, and it's got to do some some more complicated math than that that I'm than I'm saying, but it shifts it a little bit so that at the very least, at every 90 hertz refresh cycle, you are seeing the correct panning motion yeah. from it, right? And there's other side effects that go along with it, like pull-in and stuff that you can read the story to get to get more detail. But the effect is you are looking at two different animation rates on the screen at the same time, yep. right? Because the, 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 the Oculus SDK or SteamVR SDK or API, whatever it is, um, can't fix the animation of the hand. It can't warp the hand, mm-hmm. right? The GPU has to render it. The game engine has to know about it. Like, you can't yeah. do that. If something's walking by in the scene, if right. some object is moving, Anything you can't that's predict occurring. the pose, right. essentially. Yeah, you know, that, that's part of it, too. Right. But, I mean, well, actually, no, I take that back, because it is de- predicting the pose based on your head movement. Uh, right, and that's the, the pose well, of the controller the, uh, movement. Well, it knows where the hand is, well, no, but not the, what the hand is doing. It knows the controller is moving, and it's pulling that it, at yeah. like at it, it knows what that's doing, but it yeah. doesn't know what the game engine thinks should happen with that data yet. Yeah, right. All it can uh. do is take the the entire scene and move it in a direction. Yeah, right, and that's called time warp. Uh, and both Rift and Vive, or both. Oculus SDK and, and, and the Steam VR setup have that capability. And so it's a pretty cool thing. I would encourage you guys to go to that article um, and look at the data we presented. We show a little bit of uh, like AMD versus NVIDIA very, very quickly. Again, this is one game, one scenario. This is kind of us brainstorming out loud, if you will, about how to test VR. Uh, and then you can check out the two videos, one that shows the comparison of animation, like a hand uh, an in-game animation versus a sweep animation. And then we have a video that tries to show you uh, the time warp pull-in effect, uh, which is pretty interesting, too. All this is to say that it's really complicated crap. It is. And we don't really have a final answer. I don't think this is a perfect solution. I just think it's the best solution that we've been able to come up with at this point or that anybody's been able to come up with yep. uh, at this point. So my goal probably for the rest uh, to the end of this week is to... Maybe find a couple of other games where we can profile this. Um, say, okay, now that if we pick a game where there's a scenario where you can do this, we can get interesting data. Now let's compare, 
you know, cards one, two, three, four, and five, and see what the data comes out looking like. A mm-hmm. lot of because the unfortunate part for me and for us is that a lot of times we spend a lot of time uh, generating a bunch of data and going, well, this is all garbage. This says absolutely yeah. nothing, or it's irrelevant. Mm-hmm. It doesn't correlate. And now uh, it takes like two people to generate. The data. Yeah, you've got one person having to like have the headset on, yeah. or okay, uh, look if up, you saw, look down. If you followed us on Twitter. <laughs> Follow me on Twitter or you follow us on Facebook, uh, uh, you'll see that I posted pictures of like a tripod with a Vive headset and Mickey Mouse ears, R2-D2 Mickey Mouse ears on it. And then we yeah. were using that to try to get smooth pans and stuff across. So there's – It wasn't working until we added the Mickey Mouse ears. Yeah. yeah it really of gave it personality. So. That was the touch. Yeah. So there's that. We've talked about that for a long time. Any other input from the two of you that weren't here in this office dealing with it the whole time? The, the thing Thoughts? that's – the thing that I took away the most from it, well, I'm just adding a little thing. Go for it. Uh, was that because of the way that those results come out, like it now it really, really matters how fast your GPU is because once you get past that threshold, it just throws you into that slower yeah. rate. You're almost um, running beast. Going from 45 to 90 is a significant yeah. difference. And it's a very much on-off oh, thing. To 45. It, it's, it's like either you're fast enough all the time or you're not. Like you're right. just going to know. And, 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 and many people hypothesize that like oh time warp will save us it won't not from that those even if it, right that's what i'm saying some yeah. people hypothesize that oh it will save us from the every once in a while drop down below 11 milliseconds and right. it kind of doesn't all right yeah I mean, if, it, unless it keeps it keeps your head you know feedback to your eyes from your head yeah. moving it yeah. keeps that fluid that never really changes but the scene updating slower it's like you're just sitting in front of your computer you can move your head around your the room still seems fluid but if your game starts updating right. slower yeah. that you're looking at yeah. on a display, right? Yeah. It's kind of like that, right? Um, so, so go go check out the five go minutes ahead. later. You start painting the wall. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> if it didn't, if it wasn't smooth, that's what was going to happen. Yeah. Uh, so go check out that story. Uh, and like I said, we have a, a longer video that goes into more detail on it and kind of goes through each of the data examples point by point. Uh, so check that out if you are interested. Uh, and also, real quick, we're going to talk about. This one's, this one's neat, but there's not a whole lot of like analysis that goes into it. Uh, Alan wrote up a, a cool um, how does it work for the HTC Vive's Lighthouse tracking system. Yep. Um, and this is basically – there's a precursor at the beginning of this about like how IR has been used in video games. Back, you know, was, that's how the motion controllers in the Wii worked. Yep. Right? Alan brought in his sweet modded – Nintendo Wii gaming console for us to look at. With the blue swatch case. And we're able to take this picture here of uh, of that working. Uh, And then it's hard to see in in this, but there's a picture of the Oculus Rift with its uh, setup. You can actually see the LEDs lit up. Yeah, and it's got LEDs on the back, which is interesting because the the Vive has no backtracking stuff. It's true. It relies on uh, the the, the dual... well, not just the dual it's sensors. It's got some outside. But it, it kind of has some yeah, rearward-facing sensors. My experiences sensors. Aren't, aren't great. Yeah. Um, but so one of the more interesting parts with the uh, Steam VR setup, the HTC Vive, is these lighthouses. Yep. It's these little uh, – what, what, what did he call them? It's a lighthouse They're, tracking it's system. It's beacons or base stations. Beacons or base stations. So it's these two cubes that go in either corner of your room yep. that are responsible for locating your headset and your controllers in this room-scale environment. The whole time. So what's what's Base the stations? So when when did the stylons start showing up? Soon. Yeah. So uh, they they kind of <laughs> so you had the Wii, which emitted a couple of light sources from where your television was, and the and the controllers actually had cameras on them, right? And then you have the Rift, which has a camera that sits on your desk, and then the 
the head mounted display mm-hmm. is emitting some light that yep. that camera looks at, right? But to go full room scale, you kind of have to make it, you have to remove like resolution from the equation, right? You have to make it so it's not a camera with a resolution. Because if you move far away from a camera, it can't tell the orientation of a bunch of little dots anymore. Sure. Right? Um, so the way to get away with that is kind of take the pixels from what would be like a display and just scatter them throughout the things and emit light from two sources in a very timed fashion. I'm not That's, sure about your analogy, but I, it's I understand what's going it, on, but, uh, right? Yeah. Like, so what happens here is you have the beacons or the base stations emit a sweep of light that so, sweeps across the room. So what we're looking at here is what? This is two motors and yep, they're actually uh, infrared lasers. Yes. Right, yes. lasers. So there's, there is a grid of LED, infrared LEDs, yep. and they're there just to act as a strobe. And actually, as many beacons as you have, they will strobe at the same time. If we put a smoke machine in this room, would we be able to see them? No, you need something that can see IR. What if I put smoke in the machine and we had a camera that could see IR? Uh, then you would see it. Okay. That's yeah. a totally different conversation, Ryan, which we still haven't figured out. <laughs> yeah. And... Uh, <laughs> And the sweeps, I, I can get a smoke the sweeps are relatively fast-moving, like, flat planes of IR. Right. So it might actually be kind of hard to see that with, like, a camera that, you know, had a lower refresh rate. Uh, um, but, so you have this array of LEDs that emits a pulse, and that's more like a timing thing. That's so that all the things in the room have a point of reference for time, mm-hmm. right? And then shortly after that pulse happens, or that, that blink is actually the term that they use for it, um... Then a sweep will come across the room. And it will be from either one of the two beacons, and it will either be an X or a Y axis kind of thing. It will either go across the room or, like, from bottom to the top mm-hmm. of the room, right? And all of the sensors in all of the devices, uh, A, know where all of their sensor positions are relative to, like, the center of that thing, okay. right? They kind of have, like, a 3D CAD kind of idea of where sure. all those right. things that are, right? Um and those sensors will get hit by that sweep at different points in time, right? It's going to run past all those things at different points in time. So the, the, the difference here is that the intelligence in the rift is in the camera, yep. right? The camera and the software is reading the location of dummy uh, IR LEDs on the screen, right? They're, I, they're just I think lights. It's actually, always I think it's actually in the system because the camera has to be USB 3 for the rift it's yeah, yeah, very yeah. high bandwidth. Yeah, no, yeah the camera's just right? passing data through yeah right and um, the difference between that and this is that the controller and your head mounted display on the pre or on the vive rather yes actually have sensors that are reading the lights yep themselves and, and all of the intelligence and the math isn't it's it's trig but it's not compute intensive trig mm-hmm. to go from a a amount of time between the blink and the sweeps hitting the sensors to a uh, what's called a pose, which is like, you know, where are where you in space is it? Where was this thing? Yeah, and how is it oriented in space? Right. Right. Yeah. So um, all those little dots on the Vive, Vive are actually IR sensors? Yep, those are actually IR sensors. Yeah, behind the plastic wow. is a little sensor. If you look yep. uh, towards the bottom of his second picture, of his second page, you'll see this, right? So this is a, a, a teardown of one of the controllers, and each one of those little dimples pieces of silicon is where a dimple would be yep. and it's a sensor. It's just a photodiode. It's a photodiode. You would think that there would be cameras on little lighthouses that are pointing into this room space nope. while strobing and you'd just have 
IR reflectors at that thing. It would be that's that's where Alan get into the talk about the resolution, right? Is because yeah. if you were further away from the lighthouse, the camera might not be able to discern. Oh, very accurate. Think about it. You can have you have the two but controllers. Grabbing those photons is entirely accurate. It would be yeah. really a nightmare Damn, for a system. It would be a nightmare for a system to try to discern those things from a distance, right? Because if you had slightly um, overlapping ones at an angle, or it, yeah, if you had like your that. if you had your back to one of the the beacons, mm-hmm. and then you had like you were, and this happens a lot in a game. Like if you're in office simulator or something, you're trying to eat a donut. You take the controller and you put it right to your mouth. Yeah. So now you have the head-mounted display and the controller. Like you'd have points like all right overlapping with each other, right? right. And it would be. Yeah, and the bandwidth of that point is know, pretty wide, so it's hard to exactly. resolve which is when, which is where. Right. Right. So, th- so this way, yeah. with this kind of a system, it doesn't matter how many things are in the room. As a matter of fact, you could have like five people all playing with fives with the same two beacons. Yeah. Check out like, this little animation in this video here. Uh, where it's the the laser that is uh, pulsing, right, goes through and it basically activates the controller and the headset yep. as it passes. Yeah, but it goes through them. I don't think it does that. In real well, life. well yeah, yeah, it doesn't go through the person. But um, you well, know, that's more to your point. Out. Being where irradiated. are the sharks? <laughs> I want the sharks with the laser beams on top of them. Um. So we did. Uh, you know, just actually did some high speed high speed video of what these things look like, which yep. actually. Uh, came out pretty cool looking, um, and the way it works out is you would get a sweep from both beacons in the room, like X and Y, and from both beacons. That only happens 15 times a second, actually, to get fixes from both, like the full sweep X and Y from both beacons. Right, ha- happens uh, 15 times. Is only a is only 15 times a second, but you're able to do stuff, uh, you know, move around much more fluidly than what 15 times a second fixes would give you, and that's because. All of the controllers and the head-mounted displays also has an IMU, which is like a basically a six-axis gyro. gyro. Yeah, so that's how it fills in the gaps, right? It's just like, okay, let me get a fix on where you are. Okay, now I know where you are in the room. And then for those little, you know, few milliseconds in between, it just kind of runs on, you know, uh, dead <laughs> reckoning, estimates. dead reckoning off of uh, a bunch of inertial yeah. sensors and gyros. Right. Yeah. You- well, no, and as one of our uh, initial converts. PC Perspectology in the comments just sort of mentioned I was going to as well. Uh, it reminds me of the motion capture that you see actors doing with a ping pong ball strapped to them. Except it's an active emitter as opposed to a reflector. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's would more the that way the not Oculus have been an easier work. way to do it as an active reflector? That's, that's more the way the Oculus would, would do it. Yeah. Okay. Right. Because um, the it, Oculus system is a camera looking at it, it's worth, so you've got to do it differently. It's worth noting, like it's worth going to this story and like checking out the teardown because Alan just kind of took one apart, and you can see the motors in it and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. It's a neat looking gadget, and, and they are like, and it's relatively the the thing I think that you were most impressed with is just, it's really simple. It is a simple like, thing. Once you just the only know only- the math and the trick. Yeah, like the device itself is pretty simple, uh, and if you like, I think Al, uh, his name's Alan Yates, the guy who created it. Yeah, we don't have a picture of it in here, but he did like a version of it on a breadboard. That was just the amp for one of those. Oh, okay. okay. That's a collector. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's okay. a collector. Okay. It's, it's to do the math. It's actually just a hardware ASIC that they, you know, made just to sure. do that math specifically as fast as possible. Yeah. Right. But yeah, back to what Josh was saying. Like the yeah, those beacons are actually super super simple. Like the electronics in them is just to keep the motors running synchronously. And like they 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 honestly they don't communicate with the PC at all. 
Well, they they do uh, only to tell you what firmware it's running on, right. basically. They don't communicate with the PC yeah. at all. All like, they do is like send. They sync up with each other. It, it lets the PC know yeah. if they're in sync with each other. Yeah, and, but it's not. And there's no real time data coming. There's right. no like position stuff. They just sit there and do their you know laser beam sweeps across the room, and they stay. As a matter of fact, they're still running right now. Like the system. That's is why off. I'm being irradiated by infrared yeah. laser beams. Like right there's now. two beacons running in the room right just now. Think and they of just... all the vitamin D you're getting right now. <laughs> yeah, your town <laughs> is coming along nicely. That's, that's right. good. Is that why I was sunburned last week? Yeah. yeah. Damn it. <laughs> Damn it. All that VR you were doing. Uh, like I said, I really encourage you guys to go uh, to look at that story as well. It's it's a neat thing um, to kind of see how, how it works and how it differs from uh, uh, what Oculus is doing. I'm very curious to see what Oculus will do when they release their touch controllers. Right? I am too. Are they going to go to this type of system or are they going to go with the two like two cameras system? Like you got to have two, right? Yeah. Because you're gonna your body can yeah. block things. Um, but I'll be curious. I will say in the in the demos I've had using Oculus Touch, it doesn't feel less accurate right, uh, right? From, from what i've seen just using both of them oculus seems to be able to um just have been designed to to kind of skate along more on the imus than the position tracking yeah sure well that's how it started yeah yeah but i mean you could even take like they kind of added the ir just so you could get forward backward yeah. motion i think a lot of it you could take yeah. the retail version of the rift and put it on like i didn't even have the camera plugged in the other day and I put the rift on. And it, it works. And then you can totally look around. You can't move around and have it track your right, movement, right. obviously. But like looking around, it's still smooth. It like stays locked on. Whereas the the Vive relies more on that. Like if those thing if those sensors get blocked, it, oh, it if, freaks if you, out. If you're if you're we're using the Vive and yeah. somebody stands in front of the sensor, you might as well just throw the headset off. The screen right. cuts gonna, out. So, so it, it will eventually. But sometimes it kind of like stutters and shifts real quick. Yeah. As like. Lasers. We also have to. We should, it's worth noting that we had an issue in our office where the the IR lasers were kind of bouncing off of some particularly shiny things. Some, I guess. Yeah. Some shiny things were throwing off uh, the time. And you, there we we had a very specific point where we could hold our controller up in a spot, hiding it from one yeah. uh, uh, lighthouse sensor and not the other, and our hand would just float away. Yep. So and then we so move the it rift, so the other one could see it, and it would come back. And so, we could so, the, float away. so the rift appears to have been engineered to prioritize the IMU right. over the position tracking, and then the Vive is the exact opposite. Like you can only cover up, you can gr- go like this on the HMD and cover up the sensors, and yeah. you'll only be you'll be grayed out within like a quarter of a second. Yep. Mm-hmm. Even if you're not moving yep. or anything, it just, and then which happens like when you're shifting your thing. Yeah, it yeah, just it the can, scene just grays out. Yeah. Uh, so th- that's pretty cool stuff. Uh, I'm excited about that. And uh, we have a lot more to do with VR. Before we get into our ad, I do want to say I got another shout out here for uh, Hassan Raza, who updated his pledge from five dollars a month to five dollars and forty-three cents, five four three. So we appreciate it. We have right. a twenty-one coming in. And yeah, if he had done five four three two one, that'd have been way more impressive. Maybe that's what he's but, going for. But you know, next we week it'll we be uh, two one zero. It'll take a couple okay. of months, but that, that point oh oh two one will add up. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Thank you very much for that. Uh, we'll take a quick break here. Uh, thanks today's podcast sponsor. That is our friends at Casper. Um, this episode is brought to you by them. That's an online retailer of premium mattresses for a fraction of the cost. Hey, I heard yeah. they were making pillows now. Are they really? I think so. 
I meant to tell you because I, you're, you know, you, you like that bed. I like that might... bed, and I need pillows. Yeah, I like where this is going. Yeah. Uh, Casper is revolutionizing the mattress industry by cutting the cost of dealing with resellers and showrooms and passing the savings directly to you guys, the consumer. Uh, benefits of Casper are that it's an obsessively engineered mattress at a very fair price. It provides long-lasting comfort and support. I got my Casper mattress uh, and set it up. <clears throat> it's very soft, very comfortable. The setup process is actually fun. Right, you get this hundred and something. You have something. a video up somewhere? Of you doing I, that? I don't think I have. It's on my phone somewhere. I need to do this. But uh, 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 they deliver a hundred and something pound box to you. It's very dense. You and a friend carry it upstairs, wherever you know. Open the box up in the room which which the uh, mattress will be installed. Yes, and, it's, and it kind of it doesn't explosively expand. It slowly expands. Uh, but it's very cool. <laughs> yes, it's not a ma- it's not a mattress box. You, you actually, you actually cut it. a zip tie, and it's like a popcorn kernel. Poof! It's, oh, and all of a sudden you're up against the wall. No, um, you can buy these mattresses easy online, completely risk free, and you can try sleeping on a Casper mattress. This is a really cool thing. Uh, they understand the importance of truly trying out a mattress uh, that, in all reality, you will spend a third of your life on. If you're like Alan, like a half. Uh, Casper offers free delivery and painless returns. Uh, within a 100-day period, 100 days, so you don't have to lie down in a showroom and go through all that rigmarole. Uh, and did you know, statistically, lying on a bed in a showroom has no correlation to whether the bed is right for you? Especially with memory foam, because you have to warm it up Do you? in order for it to, like, it's more... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ken knows. <laughs> Just saying, like, when it's cold, it's much stiffer. So, you know, (laughs) that's not usually how it works, but that's interesting information. Uh, Casper mattresses are made in the USA. You can get a Casper mattress for 500 bucks for a twin or $950 for a king size mattress. Comparing this to industry averages, that is an outstanding price. And you can save an additional 50 bucks as one of our audience members simply by going to casper.com slash PC per and entering the promo code PC per all one word. That's casper.com slash PC per promo code PC per terms and conditions apply. And we want to thank Casper for their support of the PC Perspective podcast. They, they now have pillows and sheets. What the? Sheets? Yeah. I need and to talk to them immediately. Too. The same 100-night trial applies to both. For the sheets? Yeah. I can try out sheets. What's, the, what's so special sheets? about the sheets? Like, what Nothing is there, can go wrong there. They're probably very nice sheets for an expensive price. I, uh, yeah, I, I will imagine. send an email uh, hey. as soon as Josh starts talking about processing. They are soft, yeah. strong, breathable <laughs> sheets engineered with one of the longest cotton fibers in the world. The longest cotton fibers? Yeah, you don't one want of. fibers. Why would, what? I don't understand that. I don't know. They need Nor to update I, their but... ad copy and, yeah. and start promoting we this need to stuff. talk to them. Look, they got and they also have right responsive dual-layer dual pillows, which adapt to your movements throughout yeah. the night. I need that. Pillows that respond to my movement. Like, hey, stop it. Like, that would be a pretty good It just, it just punches you in the response. face. You know, we're getting closer and closer to, to Dune, where they had, what, the cat chairs? Yes. Remember that? remember that? No. I I yeah, the furniture that. Yeah. that actively responds to how you're sitting. And what, about, what about the automatic drying jacket from Back to the Future 2? That was that was. Uh, back uh, we're still working on those lace-up sneakers. Yeah, like soon. Yeah, that's soon. And Nike has that; they're ready. Uh, all right, let's get into our next story here. Uh, Nvidia Pascal architecture details of some kind have come out. Um, this was part of the Nvidia GPU Technology Conference. Uh, CEO Jensen, I saw. Did you guys see the tweet that I? Which one? Sent into our Slack chat, right? Whereas, like. They, some somebody was like, "Oh, I'm so excited to see Jen Jen Sun like J E N S O N or U N Wang W A N G 
come on stage. And it's like, like his name was three names. Well, his name is Jensen Wong, right? But oh, yeah. H U A N G. But and there's the hyphen in between Jensen, depending yeah. on who yeah. you are. Yeah, it's funny. But he has an American spelling for a source name that's just J E N S E N, so that Jensen. we don't, so that we don't have to. Our dumb American minds don't have to worry about it. Right? In any event, um, they announced the Tesla P100, which is actually a you got the keys to it. Electric car. It's an electric car. <laughs> it's the most advanced hyperscale data center GPU ever built. It's not a graphics card. It doesn't have display inputs or outputs. It's a module, uh-huh. a, a kind of a socketed module. It costs as much as a car. Yeah, it does. Uh, <laughs> that is used for high-performance computing. I want that to be up front. Like this, the, the GPU they announced as part of the Tesla P100 is meant for yes. high-performance computing. This has no display outputs. It has no display outputs. That's true. But that being said, um, it's, it is Pascal, and this is the first product we have seen announced on NVIDIA's new Pascal architecture. Yep. Right? So a couple of things. Uh, the Tesla P100 is not a full GP100 GPU. Okay. It's a little bit cut down, which is interesting. So either they had some yield issues they had it to deal with. It is a pretty big die. Yeah, but the so the full die is GP100. Oh, I get it. Right? And they had to cut some of it back in order to either hit yields or hit pricing or whatever it is. Yeah, that's what I'm is. saying. I was like to, you know. It's still the same size, just disabled. Yeah. No, I get it. I'm just saying. It's a pretty big, like, larger the it die is, you're making. It is Chances 610 are There's more stuff you have to, like, you know, bin. 610 right? millimeters squared. It's a little bit bigger than um, uh, Fiji, right, Josh? Say that again. 610 millimeters is a little bit bigger than Fiji, right? <clears throat> just, just a yes. little? I think, I think Fiji was 600. Fully erect? Yeah, it was about <laughs> 600, 601 for, uh, you know, the AMD part that made up Fury. Yeah, and if you uh, look at those pictures, and we know that HBM two is larger overall, even uh, with the four gig size stuff, there is absolutely that. That may not be the best picture of the guys with uh, from Computer Base. Oh, okay. But anyway, that's pretty dang close. There is no space whatsoever in between the GPU and those memory modules. Yeah, and I mean they have, they've maximize the space potential of those interposers far more than what uh, AMD did with the uh, with the Fury X. But it's a large chip. Yeah. This uh, GP100 will have a full GP100. Uh, so I- I'm going to really focus on talking about the GP100 chip rather than the P100 GPU. Right. Because the like we're not going to we're not going to get Tesla P100s in here. This is not a product for gamers. This is not a product for enthusiasts. I'm more interested in what the GP100 chip is. Yeah, like how does that chip compare to right. the previous chip? Basically. It has 3,840 CUDA cores. Compare that to the GK110. Kepler had 2880, so 1,000 more another than that. Thousand. Uh, but the GM200 uh, had 3,092. But the Titan X, what did it actually have? 2880, something, like, something that. like that. Yeah. So it had – this is going to have – in theory, this GPU could have a 1,000 more processing cores yep. than, uh, than that, so about 25% or so. Um, obviously important for high-performance computing, this has eight times the amount of double-precision computing power as Maxwell. Maxwell's the big Maxwell GPU, right? Right. right? So yeah, FB sixty four. Yeah. So we're at where's where's that at? Where's our uh, uh, eight T-flops? times the double precision? Although 
This has so they announced that Tesla P100 had 5.3 teraflops of double precision. Okay. Right. Whereas GM 200, the big Maxwell, yeah, had 0.2. Yeah, they teraflops. never released a FP64. Correct. At, if right. you wanted to go back Focused to the GK110, it had 1.6 teraflops. Yeah. So you're still going from 1.6 to 5.3. It's a big jump. That's still a, a huge jump. They ain't uh, screwing around. No. And what was the – did they not now, list the, other, the, the other, teraflops for 32-bit? Oh, then they didn't. They it's, listed – It's like uh, 10 point uh, – for 10. FP32, 7. it was like 10.3. Okay. Or 10 point And then they 4. also quoted an FP16, which is a half precision. Wasn't the yeah, other good part rate. of the story the, the clock rate was – Yeah. Like so if you look amount. at – the clock rate of this of this Tesla part is 1328 base and 1480 boost, which is really, really high. Yeah. Especially for a chip that – it's really large. It's really big. It's 15 billion transistors. <laughs> <laughs> it's big. And, and in general, and correct me if I'm wrong, anybody. You're wrong. These are the parts that they would tend to not clock that high. Right. I know Ken has pointed out several times that it's got like this ginormous cooler on it. It's got like it, a two-year tower cooler And it's on got it. like a, yeah. a rack mount a set of fans blowing across everything. Sure. And they're making and so it. much money, on, so much profit margin on the P100 that they're probably super binned. I would think. I mean, but do you think? I no, I, I think they're just getting yeah. anything out that actually works yeah. for a wafer. Yeah, I because I, I, but it's, yeah. it's anywhere from twelve thousand dollars to fifteen thousand dollars per Tesla P one hundred. And if you consider that <laughs> so a cutting sorry. edge entire wafer of dyes costs anywhere between five thousand and twelve thousand dollars fully processed, yeah, you really have to wonder what the yields are from. NVIDIA. Or so, it's just, yeah. we can charge this, so we're going to charge this. Yeah, it's yeah. not because There's no competition to. right now. The no, server that they really. announced that this goes in was, what, $129,000? It has eight of them. It has eight yep. of them in there. Each GPU is a 300-watt TDP. Uh, um, like you said, 15.3 billion transistors. It is obviously 16-nanometer FinFET. Look at this uh, die shot. Or not die shot, this block diagram. <laughs> Like That's there's just too many blocks for the picture. There's there's your GPU. <laughs> yeah. uh, it That's does it. use high bandwidth memory, HBM two, um, so sixteen gigs per GPU on that part. Yeah. Uh, what do they rate the bandwidth at? Um, it's like seven hundred and ninety gigs per second. Yeah. Second. So more than yeah, double that of the time. One next. terabyte that we were expecting. They they downclocked it. Ugh, losers. Well, it's also the yeah. Interconnex problem in a way too. Uh, it also they uses. They want you to buy more than one. Yeah. It also uses NVLink. And this is their kind of proprietary solution to connect GPUs um, that goes up to uh, 20 gig- is it 20 gigabytes per connection, 20 gigabytes per second per connection, I think. I think so, um, theoretically. Yeah. And then if you have like this setup with all these GPUs, you can uh, uh, yield 160 gigabytes per second in both directions on this. Yeah. I wonder, Josh, do you, have any, do you think they'll use NVLink in the consumer space at all? Will they do that for like SLI? Something like that, like well, where you have instead of the SLI bridge, you'll have an NV Link bridge on the top. Yeah. Well, they they could do that because if you look at the, uh, I think computer based DE, they they had a picture of the back of the P100, and it's a really unique looking mm-hmm. uh, connection. There's no reason why they couldn't do that. Well, not that exact one, but to have all the NV Link stuff. A unique connection on there. Exactly. Parts, yeah. to, mm-hmm. So you'll have an over the, over the top connection that we will don't, be NV Link rather than the regular SL. We don't know like, how, if there's a, a high die cost or something like that to have it adding NV Link to the, to the platform. 
Probably not. Mm, really none. Yeah. It's going to be PCB costs and 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 pads okay. on the chip. And that's. Okay. I mean, they've already got those covered on chip, the T100. <laughs> it's not a big yeah. deal. So if you had a, a couple more takeaways from what they announced, right? Because keep in mind that they didn't announce a GeForce product. There's no consumer part on it. Um, right. I do appreciate Jensen's five miracles part of his speech. It really goes into our Saint, Saint our, Jensen and his our, five miracles. Our church yeah. of PC Pertology, PC yeah. Perspectology. What are the patron yeah. saints? What 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 are a couple of other takeaways you might have from this, Josh? Uh, sixteen nanometer. I'm amazed that they have a GPU this size and working and yeah. able to hit. 300 watts TDP with the 15 billion dollar 15 billion <laughs> transistor count and and going that fast because if you look at the previous generation 28 nanometer that was what half the size and could only clock up to well I mean for a 275 watt TDP that was what around 950 megahertz so it's a significant jump and so that tells us that their next generation Pascal stuff that's going to be the smaller chips, they're going to be pretty power efficient, but they're also going to see a nice clock speed increase. The talking, I would consider 1700 to 1800 megahertz with uh, parts that, what? That's a lot. It is, and, and they're going to be parts that will have more stream processors than the, uh, say, GTX 980 Ti, but not by much. I mean, because they got to keep things smaller, more economical. Uh, it's going to be probably you know next generation stuff that we'll see. The summer is going to be GDDR5 and 5x because <clears throat> HBM2 production is just not where it's at where it can support both NVIDIA and AMD. I think that NVIDIA probably went to Samsung and said, we're going to pay you a lot of money uh, because we've got some margins that we can really – As it turns out, we can pay you a lot if we sell yeah, them for $19,000 yeah, a piece. go ahead and start this <laughs> HBM2 <laughs> – production for us and just sell to us and I think that's probably what happened and, and we're seeing that because AMD is not going to have any HBM2 until uh, HK uh, Hynix Sky, Sky, SK Hynix starts their production 3 Yep. Um, and that might overall, also it's, explain it's, why uh, Samsung recently sort of broke the 10 nanometer barrier uh, to open some of those solutions because they might have gotten a bit of research money a couple of years back Hard to say, but uh, hard to say, but yeah, yeah. But I think I, it it seems like in, Nvidia is probably working with Samsung to get the HBM two out and well before AMD is able to do the same thing. I think it's interesting that Nvidia did kind of throw a lot of money into having a huge single big die, as compared to what AMD has shown mm-hmm. off so far with the Polaris processors, the uh, the P ten and P eleven. Yeah, sure. And, uh, you know, those are relatively small products that they're probably producing a ton. Uh, NVIDIA is is in volume production of this right now. And, uh, yeah, they, they have maximized the die size of this and probably the largest interposer that they can get that's going to fit in the reticle size. I mean, you can stitch interposers together because the features are just so big, but that gets really expensive. It's like, oh, hey, we've got three interposers that we can put on this 12-inch wafer, and that just, you know, it's not very cost-effective, but, you know, it's NVIDIA, and they've got 
12000 to $15,000 to play with in margin. Um, I'm trying to think what else. I mean, there's for just... The, for the interposers, though, they can make them relatively quick because it's not like they're going through a lot of steps. Exactly. I mean, process. it's not like you've got, you know, 12 metal layers that you got to right. do in depositions yeah. and all of this other stuff. And, 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 you know, you don't have to do... You don't have to do immersion lithography. You don't have to do, you know, really com- yeah. complex masks or double patterning and all this crap. Not, I mean, only, it's all, not only that, like, but you could probably set up a fab for them with all of your old kit that you had from three Yeah, it's like, you know, the ago. feature sets are 100 microns. You know, all, all that gear that you upgraded from and stuck in a warehouse. Like us. You know, you could just set all back up. All that's on a shelf somewhere. Yeah, we should just make a fab. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I, I I'm excited about this. Like I, I I'm I, I'm ready to see what the consumer side is. Like I'm 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 actually kind of tired of Polaris demos and like Polaris leaks and like yeah. all these little things yeah. that they're showing. Like okay, I get it. Just show me the crap. Like show me the stuff. And we're now we start down this path with Nvidia. Uh, they tend to be a little bit different in their marketing style with this. Um, I don't imagine they'll suddenly start showing smaller Pascal demos at, at these things without first kind of uh, doing a, a bigger reveal. But I could be I could be wrong in that. So you know what the bad thing it. about P100 is? Uh, it costs nineteen thousand dollars. Well, well, twelve to fifteen. But uh, yeah, you're you're not going to see that in any kind of consumer stuff until at least late Q1 of 2017. Oh, the earliest. Do you think they will ever release like a GP100 consumer part? It depends on how well TSMC does, what kind of changes that they can do to increase bands. Because we know that AMD has been able to sell plenty of, of 600 millimeter square uh, GPUs with interposers and HBM memory. Eventually, that technology is going to become less and less expensive. They're going to get better at, at integrating the package. The memory is going to become less expensive. 16 uh, FinFET Plus is going to start yielding better. Uh, they're going to make changes uh, low level in, in terms of metal layers and uh, other areas to increase yields and bins. And so, yes, it, it's it's going to be like, you know, getting a GTX 780 back in the day. Right. Uh, it was, you know, a detuned card that had plenty of uh, pieces that were disabled, but still worked perfectly fine and made made for a great graphics card at uh, you know a six hundred seven hundred dollar price point. And this will eventually happen, but it's going to be interesting to see what kind of competition because that's when Vega is going to be coming out from AMD. Vega, uh, Ve- Vega? No, it's Vega. Vega. Uh, and also, <laughs> you know what? Uh, what other technologies is NVIDIA working on? I mean, are they going to have multiple GPUs on the interposer as well as the memory? Oh, that would be it's amazing. It's going to be interesting stuff. All right. Um, that's pretty cool. I, go check out that story, guys, for some more details on uh, Tesla P100 and Pascal GP100. You guys ready for Pascal versus Polaris and screwing up those names all the time? Sure. Yes. Well, I've made, I'm glad everybody got pop filters for their microphones recently. <laughs> So, all right, we've got some more things to get to, and I'm going to be honest with you, we need to do it quicker. So, Josh, how quickly can you tell me about the AMD 7th Series Gen A Series SoC? It's a pre-announcement, so there's not much to say. Fair. Essentially, this is the uh, Bristol Ridge uh, APU. All right. It is based on the Excavator Core. Uh, It has the latest generation of GCN modules. It is essentially the same as Carrizo, except it was given 
the Ganavari treatment. Um, Is that good? Better thermals, better power consumption, uh, better turning on and off portions to give higher levels of boost uh, for longer periods without exceeding TDPs. So you've got higher performance at the same TDP, but it's essentially the same chip. So they've worked with uh, Global Foundries. Uh, from what we figure out, they've, they've improved the overall process. We've seen this with the, the previous Godavari stuff as compared to Kaveri, and it's the same thing. Carrizo going to <sighs> Bristol Ridge. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, yeah, so it's, it's a more competitive product. And these will be the uh, chips, the APUs that will be uh, populating the AM4 boards that will be coming up. Uh, they're going to release these at Computex. Hmm. We don't know a whole lot else, but uh, yeah, I, originally I, I thought that it was a more interesting chip than it was because the way they sent us the die shot, it looked like there was an entire border of new stuff all around. I thought, oh, more PCIe lanes, more power stuff that um, is going to give this better performance. Other type of things like perhaps, you know, USB 3.1, no. No, they, they just zoomed it out and cropped all of the edges of the chips around the central die. And it made me angry. And, and a nice guy from <laughs> Germany told me, he's like, no, you, you done screwed up, son. And I was he was right. All right. I, well, that's I good. Did. But, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be a better performing part. It's going to be more efficient, but it's not adding a whole lot from what we have seen to from Carrizo, and uh, it's going to be very curious what actual desktop parts look like and what TDPs right. they're going to exist at. Computex. Fair enough. Computex. Turns out stuff's going to happen at Computex. As it turns out, I may go to Taiwan again. <sighs> uh, quick shout-out before we move on to the next story to Pylon Squelch. We just pledged three dollars and twenty one. Why that's funny, but that sounds. I don't know, funny. but I said I would read their names. Pylon Squelch uh, just pledged three dollars and twenty one cents a month to our Patreon. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Um, all right, we've got a couple of other things. Uh, Jeremy, what do you know about this? Uh, so, actually, I kind of feel bad talking about this now. The, yeah. We we talked about the Tesla GP one hundred, and now AMD has a dual Fiji card uh, for your server room. Well, I mean, it would be awesome if it wasn't for that damn Jensen who <laughs> screwed it all up. Jensen. But, uh, no, I mean, the, it's a new Fire Pro refresh, the S9300X2. And, honestly, it's nifty because this is HBM memory for your servers. Sadly, it's HBM1, so each of your GPUs gets 4 gigs of memory as opposed to the 8 gigs. On the other hand, it might be out a little bit sooner. And it, it's going to cost you a, a little bit of money to get. But apart from that, I mean, they've dropped the clock speeds a little bit, so they're down to about 150 megahertz. Yeah. But at the same time, that's two full Fiji cores. So you're looking at 8,192 cores, which is a, a decent amount of cores. Out of that, a good uh, half gig of texture units, 120 ROP, or 128 ROPs, because they come divisible by uh, twos. It's it's nice. Uh, it's lovely to see the a, a nice refresh to the Fire Pro, uh, because you know 
AMD still has a place in the hearts of many people on this planet, and we'd like to see new products coming out from them. We'd also love to see newer products coming out from them, but, you know, at the same time, it's just the fact that we get a double GPU uh, Fire Pro to this, which is passively cooled. Yeah. It's not anywhere near, like, the entire car. Well, it's not passively cooled. It has it to go. It's, got, it's, it's not water cooled. That are rolling. <laughs> yeah, there we go. <laughs> they they kind of claim, but uh, at the same time, the entire card has a TDP of 300 watts, as opposed to each and every single processor. So, for also, once, this has know, a price of six thousand dollars. Yeah, the the, the oh, price. Shit, that's it's, it. It's not nineteen. That's that's not fifteen at all. No, it's not fifteen at all. It's kind of <laughs> hard to talk positively about, but at the same time. AMD has the lead on thermals against NVIDIA. Like yeah. The entire thing is 300 watts right now. Well, this is not bad. Yeah, but you got to look at performance per watt. Yeah. Right, and that well, would be the real telling thing. Also, okay, Jeremy, so, are you going back in time, perhaps? is Are you de- are you turning into a Back to the Future 2 joke? He's de-rezzing. Your video yeah. is, like, no. turning black and white. I don't understand. Yeah, no, there's, there's some weird, weird stuff going on with right. my... Uh, it was really dark at one point, and then it became normal, and now... Yeah, no, it, it oh. keeps changing, oh. and then it, it goes totally it's ginger. It's coming back. Right? Yeah. Like, I, I'm not usually That's this right. red. That's okay. But <laughs> That's okay. It, no, oh, wow. it, and then it does <laughs> this. Like, seriously, Ooh, This I, is really good stuff. Oh, that was, that was the, creepy. The Logitech camera is really upset with the creative stuff that I have plugged in right now that I'm testing. It's it's kind of amusing. So I've just been watching myself change color the entire time. I but but can it do sound effects? Oh. No, but I can. Can you sound like a guy who owns a white van and says free candy? <laughs> please don't. Please don't. I don't need that. Don't, don't turn that filter that. on. No, no, no. no. All let's, right. let's, let's move Fine. on. Uh, but yeah, I, hey, Go we've got a new AMD Fire Pro and it got stomped on by NVIDIA. Yeah, it's just, Sorry, guys. just poor timing. It's just poor timing. Uh, EVGA, yeah, but it's it's yeah. half the price of, of yeah. the NVIDIA product. Is it half the performance? What was its... Uh, uh, does it give you any... To flop. T-flops? Um, 13.9 T-flops. Yeah, 13.9. So that's that's FP32. So it's not bad. Yeah. So that's... All, like, and I, a single GP100 is like 10 point something? Yeah, thirty-two bit. Yeah, FP yeah. thirty-two. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So okay, maybe its performance per watt is better. Yeah. No, I in a way, yeah. if if you don't need the obnoxious power that Nvidia is offering you right now, it is still a decent choice. It's also probably going to be a lot smaller because those were freaking two U coolers on that thing, so it might be a two U server. It's probably more likely a three U. This is, is going to happen. That one's a three U. Yeah, it's a three. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, also coming up, EVGA releases NVIDIA GeForce GTX 950 low power cards. This is just kind of basically a continuation of this weird trend we've had that I really need to be asking some people about about releasing 950s without power. Oh, no power connectors. Yeah. Um, so 75, 75 watt. Has to be at card, most then. 75 watt video card. Hey, um, they're starting to utilize that third generation TSMC 28 nanometer process. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Uh, these are cards with 768 CUDA cores, 2 gigs of memory. Um, primary difference between all of them will be clock speeds. If we zoom in here on this graph, uh, we can see here that uh, looks like, let's see, 1317 is probably our maximum clock speed. That's pretty good. 
1127 base, 1317 megahertz boost clock on that for the GTX no, 950 SC. That requires it six pin. Oh, oh, oh! I'm looking at the ones at the bottom. Okay, so because yeah, it's twelve fifty three. Like, if you get to a point where you're so the GTX 950 SC uh, new version without requiring a six pin power is a 1076 base clock and a twelve fifty three boost clock. So pretty close. Um, yeah, and the performance of that one is better. <laughs> So you've got better or good, but not best because you can't better. you can't do best with a 950. Um, so there's I mean four options from EVGA now that will be power connector list 950s. They must have a lot of 950s they're trying to get through yes. now in the summer. That's got to be that's got to be part of it. It's got to be part of it. I wonder how much those cost because both Intel and AMD, you know, integrated graphics is not nearly as fast, but Sure. If you really want a standalone video card, you're probably going to just spend 200 bucks and get something that can do 1080 and yeah. 1440. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, and our final news story today, the HP Spectre 13.3 is apparently the world's thinnest laptop. Oh, have you not heard? It is a CNC machined aluminum chassis as thin as a AAA battery at just 10.4 millimeters just one thin little waffle. Just the one thin as a waffle. But but not wafer instead AAA battery. Well no, it has a waffle in it. Oh, okay. Yeah, there's, there's it's a full i5 or an i7 even. Yeah, that's true. It's not a M CNC machine aluminum. I like so what do you guys think about this logo? This new HP logo, by the way. The logo's good. I like it. It's an logo. old one. What? Yeah. It essentially they, says let's get this party yeah. started. But no, let's they get tested this party this started. About three or four years ago. Yeah, they like and they didn't do it. No. I don't know why. It, it like yes. showed up a couple places, but they never actually use it, and now like they switch it. to it. I like it. Um, so it avoids the Core M processors, opting for full Intel Core i5, Core i7, uh, Skylake parts. Is it a touchscreen? Uh, don't know. I wouldn't think so or if it's that no. Right? No, it is not. Okay. High-gloss copper accents... Innovative hybrid battery split into two thinner pieces delivers the same wattage as a single battery for up to nine and a half hours of battery life. Full I- HD IPS edge to edge display. Um, Copper accents. That's, that's how they cool that uh, i7. That's right. That's right. <laughs> oh no, it's the Hyper Barrett cooling again. Uh, it's recessed, the suck in, not the suck a out. recessed piston oh. hinge. Look at that. That's actually pretty cool. See how the hinge works? It's a Man, recessed piston hinge. I wonder how well that works. Well. Hmm. I like it. I, 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 I kind of like looks. it better than the watch band. It does look yeah. really I thin. just don't like the copper. Really? I th- I like it. I think it looks I nice. Think copper and black nice. is a, yeah. Copper and black is a nice two four five. Plus, you can lick it and it tastes like <laughs> copper. Yeah. Two point like four pennies. five pounds. That's not as thin as I or as light as I thought it would be. Come on, it's copper. Well, Wait, it's made of metal. <laughs> are those USB three point ports sure. on the back? I think right. those are Type C. Type C USB. So all the USBs on and the back. And a Kensington lock at the they end. They got three Type Cs on it. <laughs> they they got, got there's your nope, headphones. That's an audio. That's headphone that's, jack back there. Uh-huh. You'll never be able to two? connect anything to it. Yeah, actually, is there a regular USB on this thing? No. Type C. Uh, three Type Cs. Uh-huh. So you have to carry two of which with support you. Thunderbolt, unspecified Ooh. version. Well, it has to be three. It's gonna be three. I, I'm ex- I'm assuming it's three. You don't release. It's got stereo like speakers for Bang and Olufsen. Uh, three multifunction or full function USB Type C connectors, including two of which support Thunderbolt. Um, this I I think it's pretty cool looking, and this is apparently the, a look at the inside of the Spectre 13.3. Yeah, that's pretty small for all that stuff to yeah. go on. So starting at a Core i5 6200U. 
Intel HD, 8 gigs of RAM, 256 or 512 PCI SSD, um, 3X USB 3.1. So, yeah, not having a regular USB type, type A, a type connection. A, you plug something into in a pinch. Is, yeah, is, that's, that's kind of a downside to it. But, so you keep uh, an adapter in your bag, I guess. It's well, not, it has to ship with a carbon fiber and copper adapter. Nice little <laughs> USB hub. It's not a horrible pricing on this. No, no. The Core i5 version with 256, 256 gig SSD, it's 1170. Well, there's never reason yeah, to buy the i5. It's a horrible price on the i5. Yeah. Yeah, look at the i7 price. Yeah, you why would you not yeah, buy the i7 for $70 more? Yeah. Huh. And it was a 13.3-inch 1080p screen? Probably a yeah. little bit lower battery life on the i7, though, because I doubt they're adding more battery. They're not in. adding more battery, But yeah. the i7 should clock They don't mention the resolution of the screen enough. in this um, particular thing. Oh, full HD. Uh, it does. Probably do QHD. Okay. Everyone Hyperbaric does Hyperbaric cooling. Otherwise known as fans. But, I mean, you can see, like, this is all chambered off here. Yeah. yeah. The, the hyperbaric yeah. cooling is different. Yeah. Interesting. Laptops usually don't. Sucking. No, usually they're just blowing they blow hot out. air out and sucking cool air in, or just passively getting cool air in. This yeah. is sucking cool air like in through your keyboard. I think this is really cool. I I want to I want to see one yeah, in person and man. see like what that hinge feels like and how the thinness affects it. Like does it how far back the hinge can go? How far back in the hinge go? And then also how much force does it take to break it? How loud it gets? <laughs> Will it blend? Yeah, if you're actually doing processing on it, how loud does it get? That would be interesting. Yeah, do remember, well. it's not a detachable screen. In theory. <laughs> Does it fold all the way back in like a yoga? In theory, yes. I gotcha. I gotcha. All right. Uh, that is all of our news and stuff today. Let's get into our hardware and software picks of the week, he says, as he clicks around for everybody else's links that are just added while he's doing everything else mm-hmm. for the show. Bullshit. Not that uh, you know anyone pays attention Lies. to the stuff that we have to do. Um, so, besides, your pick is pretty. Well, I, I had it in there before the show. Mine wasn't there before the show. I don't think it was. Yep. Um, not when I was clicking all the links. Let's put it that way. Slack. Slack is uh, our recent replacement for HipChat. HipChat. HipChat went down for like a full day. I was very sad. Um, and then I also realized in doing that that. I don't have a way to talk to anybody else, really. Like, I was going to send everybody an email or something. No, that's crap. I'm just touched that you were upset by that. Let's go back to Yammer. We go back to Yammer. I forgot that we had that before HipChat, right? Um, So Slack is a um, a team communication for the 21st century, as this says, right? So it's you basically have it's kind of IRC upgraded and updated and modernized, right? So yeah. you can do file attachments, you can room. do linking, you can do searching, you can do. Does it say oh? It does. Yeah. <laughs> uh oh. Uh oh. Those were good. That was. I those were the days. To make that yeah, those amazing. were the days. Um, you basically can create channels. You can do uh, direct messaging, uh, drag and drop, share files. Um, this is if you are in a small work environment or even a larger one, really, and you, you can create like sub smaller sub segments within it slack is a very easy to use um it's got good web apps it's Mm -hmm. got good windows apps uh the phone apps are good as well so far um and it seems to work really well and there's a there's a completely free version that's the one we're still on actually it limits how like how far back you can search and the size of attachments and things like that um but i think like the payment is maybe two dollars per user per month or something like that not bad yeah which is what i was paying on HipChat um for the same kind of additional functionality so slack is is kind of the the newest one of these the one that has uh the most support i think from larger Publishing entities, probably right? better uptime. 
I, I mean, God, I hope so. Right, hip chat, God love it. We had a lot of issues with their mobile. The, the Slack mobile apps actually work. Yeah, yeah, the mobile hip chat apps were like not Bad. not fun. Yep. I think that's is this just Slack dot com? I think so. Yeah, yep. just Slack dot com. So check that out if you if you're kind of looking for. It. And I think can you use this not for like a work thing, but for like your group of friends? Right, uh, you guys have like a Slack channel or something. Yeah, there's a couple like organizations I belong to that use as well. Like a lot of open source stuff. We'll just use Slack as a. Like yeah. what people used to use IRC for, essentially, but it's a more convenient thing than downloading an IRC client on your phone or whatnot. Yeah. You can just have this nice mobile first, and, and, the, and the client is friendly to be logged into multiple of those things, right? As well, so. right? Oh, yeah, it's designed for the that. mobile client. Sort of isn't, but the desktop. Right. So client it's is. so it's like one beer a month at a bar for me that you're paying for two bucks a month for a beer. Ten. What the hell? More, more. I thought it was six sixty seven a month oh. per user. Oh, is oh, it really? That, I've got to change my mind now. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> free sounds good. Six sixty seven per user per month billed annually. Eight dollars billed monthly. <laughs> well, that's actually a lot more than HipChat. I'm HipChat was only two dollars. There's no reason we shouldn't be able to be on the free tier. No, the the the, the, the upgraded one, one basically gives you unlimited service integrations. Which yeah, really but you can only search and browse ten thousand most recent messages on the free one. Yeah, um, <clears throat> can't do guest access. Um, Priority support, Google authentication, nah, the rest of that's I'm fine. So it's basically, uh, do we want to have more searchable stuff or not? Let's right? be honest, we don't say anything important. $8 a month per user. It's all I, I, I'm not gonna, I probably won't pay $100 a month for Slack. That's pretty steep. Yeah. I mean, I, I'll i just use Merck again if I'm going to do that. I'll just <laughs> I'll do that. Uh, who's up next? What do you got? Uh, no, not you. Oh, wait. Why am I next? You're not. I don't know. They changed it on us. Is this yours? No. Which one's it, yours? It says which one's yours? Go to Jeremy. Jeremy, what, what's your pick? You going to go to me? Yeah. All right. Well, You're I, I was to pretty me? desperate. But uh, there's a Steam sale on, and if you like micromanaging and taking over the world... <laughs> And honestly, mm. getting a geography lesson at the same time, if you <laughs> are from south of the border. Uh, Europa, Europa Universal. Bloody hell, that's hard to say. Universalis. Thank you. Europa Universalis 4 is 10 bucks right now on Steam. $9.99! <laughs> no, no, it's ten ninety nine up here. Oh. No, well, uh, yeah, you're, you're Canada. Yeah, it's Canada. And honestly, I've probably got a bargain on that because... Jeremy the exchange rate's still not very Jeremy good. Jeremy doesn't have VR support? I doubt it, because that would just be very entertaining. Because it's 2D. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's, that too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but uh, this is what the Total War series kind of wanted to become, and because the Steam has decided to screw around with Civ 4 a bunch, looking for a new thing to play with my dad and my brother, this is sort of the way that we go. It's oh, cool insanely complex <laughs> it will eat up all of the time that you do not have it, it's like defense grid only you have to put more effort into it it's a hell of a lot of fun cool and for yeah. 10 or 11 bucks yeah if if you don't have any spare time well now you're going to have even less i'm pretty sure 11 canadian dollars is like three dollars american right so that's a hell of a deal up there mm-hmm. oh no it's not quite that good Oh. Or dollars creeping up again, unfortunately. Gotcha. All right, Josh, what's your pick? 
Mine? Yours. Uh, you know, I bought this SSD the other day. Oh. And, uh, you know, it's not for my main machine, but okay. 480 gigs for, well, I think it's, what, 109 bucks right now. I think I got it for 99 a couple of days ago on sale. It, uh, you know, it's not the fastest thing out there, UTLC, but boy, is it just dirt cheap. It uses the Fizon controller. So it's not horrific, but again, it's it's for my wife, and she appreciates any upgrade. Yeah, yeah. and she doesn't run benchmarks <laughs> nonstop on her SSD to see exactly how fast it is, and so all she knows is things are just slightly faster. Is sure. it is, is it ten cents a gig yet? No. Damn it! Not quite. All right. All not right. there yet. We'll get there. We'll get there. Very cool. Uh, and now, Alan, I'll let you go. So I ran into... I didn't know this. On archive.org, uh, if you look up old games now, it'll actually fire up MAME and play them right in the browser. Yeah? Like what Ryan's doing. What? Like right now. That's not me. Playing like, game... This is illegal. Yeah, well, I don't know. I mean, No, it's archive.org. They don't take anything that's illegal. This is all stuff that's gone to uh, Oh, I love domain. this game. There you go. So there's, it's a coin. There's like yeah. Road Blasters, and he's inserting a bunch so of coins. coins. Yeah. Uh, and you got to hit uh, yeah, control as the gas. And alt is shoot. You just spent 275. Yeah, you know, left and right. Left, left, left. There you go. What, you don't think I'm a veteran? Well, I don't know. No. But the steering the steering is like absolute, so you have oh. to like... Oh, yeah, you have to like go back. You don't have a steering wheel, so, you know. But Whoa. How did... Oh, he hit. I, he rotated the screen. I don't know. <laughs> he hit halt. I don't and know. Arrow. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. <laughs> well, you're stalked and you're shooting. I can't. The landscape. Alt up. Alt up. Okay. There. All right. I now, can't. Now don't turn. Go. Don't turn while hey, accelerating. I can't turn while accelerating. <laughs> <laughs> only hey, shoot. Back in the day, while we not only turning. accept so many inputs at I need, a time. I need. Uh, oh no! I need my my. Needs, helicopter front. God, no, I did it again. Oh, no, he rotated his... It does, what's funny is it's not rotating it for the stream. It's yeah. like it's just splitting only, it off into a separate window. It's, yeah, it's only weird. rotating yeah, it, it for a new window on the stream. Uh, anyway, so if you don't have a laptop that's going to auto-rotate your screen, if you hit alt-arrows, <laughs> really then, um, <laughs> then you can play old MAME, uh, you know, old no! arcade games in MAME. Uh, yeah, it's, it's added challenge. See, the arcade version didn't do this. What a challenge if every time you hit the gas yeah, while turning... You know, yeah, you're still doing all right. You're almost at the finish. Almost. Oh, he's out of gas. Almost. Uh, oh, he made it. Spin out. It's like he had just enough. Just enough gas. I wanted the remember little death? thing that comes down the and puts a cool weapon on Well, you can, like, drop caltrops and oh, fun okay. things like that. Yeah. Death Race 2000. Yeah, Death Race 2000. Well, it was, it was, it was before that the Death Race 2000. Oh, well, yeah, there was, was like Death Race the original one, too. Yeah, I used to play that in the computer lab at uh, high school. So, yeah. uh, I mean, it looked yes, like they had a bunch yes. of other stuff. How do I use that one? Uh, I don't remember. Spacebar. Oh, look, uh, Spacebar fires, too. <laughs> so now I can actually do this correctly. Oh, oh well, yeah. Well, now, I know I've picked this before because there are thousands of games on archive.org. Yeah, but they didn't, used to, they didn't used to have them, like, complete with the emulator built into your browser, right? Like, yeah, they did. Oh. Oh, yeah. oh now, give me those gas balls. it was a buggy back in the day. Yeah, I mean, this is like... And I by mean, that, I mean it was really... Sh- Bloody buggy back in the yeah, day. Yeah, bonus fuel. And it looks like they had emulators up for right. even other, like, I mean, I think there was even, like, Commodore and stuff. Give me yep. a fuel dog. Um, so, you know, pretty cool. 
We just want to like give me that fuel. Uh, be all retro. Oh, God, I ran over it. Oh, I ran oh, right I that drove one. Right. Right into that all right, everybody. Look at those sprites. Uh, that is yeah. it for our show today. I want to thank everybody for joining us. Um, make sure you go to PCPro.com and talk, read all the stories and stuff we talked about and see all the stuff we're going to talk about next week's show. Uh, we really appreciate you if you would do that. And PCPro.com slash podcast, you can find all the links to uh, our video version download, our audio version download, um, the YouTube video. Uh, and then, of course, PCPro.com slash subscribe and all that other stuff as well. And don't forget, uh, if you uh, want to support us, you like what we do, you think it's we're funny, we're entertaining, I don't know, maybe any of that stuff. Um, uh, remember, Patreon.com slash PCPro. Oh, my gosh, look at this. We got some come. We have last month at once coming in. Joe Clark pledged $50. Awesome. Joe Clark kicks ass. Yeah, uh, PC Perspectology <laughs> pledged $3.14. <laughs> Thank you very much. Oh, in the, in the offering plate. I was going to say for everyone. I was going to say NASDAQ, but it's actually NADSAC. <laughs> <laughs> N-A-D-S-A-Q well. pledged $3.50. Uh, so congratulations for getting me to say that out loud for $3.50 a month. Uh, we really appreciate it. And like I said, thank you to everybody uh, for supporting us. It is awesome. Uh, and uh, we will see you next week. I'm Ryan Schraub. I'm Jeremy Hellstrom. I'm Josh Walworth. And I'm Alan Malvatano. Bye.